I'm Caroline. Over the years, I've started a bunch of creative projects I failed to finish. So I wanted to talk to creative people, writers, comedians, filmmakers, photographers, musicians, about how they work and what they do when things get tough. Learn the secrets of finishing. From Dublin, Ireland, it's Operation Project. I'm here with Kevin Boyle. He is a yoga teacher and a podcaster, and he presents the yoga life solely. Does it, does it all himself? Do you do it all yourself? Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I hired a producer about two months ago. And um, so, yeah, he, he's so I was doing it all myself, but uh, so now I, I outsource the production part and basically the adding the music in and publishing it. Okay, so it's the little bit of post-production. A little bit, yeah. So you, uh, so up till this point, because uh, you've been doing it since March 2018, right? Yeah, I've done, done 67 episodes that I did it myself, and, you know, the whole thing, and the last three he's done. Okay, cool. Mm. And so do you find that that's taken a little bit of the, like, pressure, a little bit of the hassle off, a little bit? It has, but... Any decision that you make in terms of outsourcing, it's important to understand how much time you spend on that task and how much you get paid your hourly rate. So my my thought was, okay, this is taking me um, longer than it would. If I was to teach, teach a class in this time, I would make more money to cover the production costs if I paid someone else. Yeah. So I found that outsourcing it was a good idea initially, but the thing is with outsourcing, Caroline, is that when you outsource, there's also a process you've got to learn as well. So it actually it's a little bit time-wasting at the start because you have to communicate with the outsourcer. They, they have to understand what you want because you know yeah. what you want, but trying to communicate to somebody else, this is exactly how I want it, this is how it should be. Yeah. It, communicating your values to someone, it itself is challenging. Mm -hmm. And also what you mentioned about that word finishing things, I mean, that when you're doing a podcast then it's your project and you're the one in charge of everything you can get to a stage where you're trying to be a perfectionist and actually you're wasting a lot of time you're thinking i could change this change that little details that no one else would notice yeah and you're spending way too much time on them and therefore it's not a good use good use of your time so when i give the stuff to producer he will do it to a level that he feels is good enough. Mm. And actually, that's better than being perfect. Yeah. Is it good enough? I mean, I, I can listen back to it and notice little things that I'm not, uh, that, I, that I would have changed, but most people wouldn't notice them. So it's, it's not important. So yeah. it's actually quite good to have someone to give you a second opinion yeah. and to realize that you're being neurotic in uh, trying to have everything done perfectly yeah when when that actual requirement isn't there there's a no there is like a, a bit of an issue of over delivering that's interesting you mentioned that because i'm a slight bit of a over deliverer type of person do mm. you know and there's a bit of <laughs> i hope my plosives aren't coming out badly because there's a bit of perfection paralysis <laughs> that one can experience yeah. if you think if i can't do this fucking thing perfectly i'm just actually not doing it at all mm -hmm. yeah. and that happens and that seizes you by the throat but if you've this person and they go if you hand me this thing this thing and this thing done to this standard i'll knit the rest of it together to the required level but then you have the output to do whatever mm -hmm. with does he hand you back he or she mm -hmm. hand you back like the files and then you put them up on the web and stuff or are they doing that bit as well now they do all of that ah nice yeah so i essentially send them the files and then I'll send them the bits I want to edit out and I don't edit the podcast anyway so nothing needs to be edited sometimes I just need to chop off the beginning and chop off the end because I'm I'm talking at the yeah start yeah um, to tidy up essentially and then he will send me back the promotional clip which is a little what they call an audiogram it's a minute long video of I'm writing that down yeah audio <laughs> an audiogram essentially it's a picture of me and the guest and then it has subtitles underneath and it's a little audio clip of them saying something. So so um, he'll send that back to me and he'll uh, publish it. And, and that's that's the process. And it, it, again, it is nice to actually see how, what he does, as in he does, for example, he'll line it up and have it automated. So Thursday morning, it gets published automatically. Whereas what I used to do is wake up at 4 a.m. And to publish it, to hit the publish right, okay, instead yeah, of yeah. actually putting it, queuing it, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And it sounds so basic, but 
I wasn't aware you could schedule it. Um, and it's interesting to see someone else who does this workflow for a living. Um, so it's, it's definitely been beneficial. Cause, and you've already like learned how to do it. If you did 68 of them by yourself, you, you know, if you immediately or to outsource something, you don't learn how to do the yoke then. And then yeah. you're a bit in the, in the thrall of someone else. Definitely. And if they don't, like if they don't feel like doing it or something, then maybe your thing won't happen. But if, yeah, you've done 68, you know exactly how it works. You just don't want to do it anymore and you don't need to. And it's not a good use of your resources. Mm. But, yeah. al but also it's a case of if you've done it so many before, you know what to expect. But then at the same time, you have to be reasonable with the outsourcer to know that they are not going to care about it as much as you do. And that's fine. Yeah. They care about it enough. So it's, uh, and again, it's decent enough to go out. So I find that with this guy, for example, what I liked about him was he contacted me. Mm. Listen to your podcast, like your podcast a lot. He, he didn't even give a pitch. What he did say was, I produce XYZ podcasts, all three I'd heard of that were like well-known podcasts. So that was it. I was sold just on him of the quality he produced for other podcasts. But there's the fact that he approached me and then he wanted to speak on the phone. In this day and age, it's so rare for someone to want to speak to on the phone. Yeah. And generally speaking, I actually don't really like speaking on the phone. I find it a bit, it's almost like you know, when your phone rings, I'm very rarely ready to talk. Yeah, you're to like, that. ugh, it's ringing. Yeah, 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 I know. I normally just like wait. You used to be such a lovely treat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not anymore. But now I'm like just suspicious. Um, <laughs> Who's died? Or what is someone trying to sell me something? Exactly, yeah. yeah. It's never good news. But, but it's different when it's been scheduled for something like this because you're at the start of a relationship and a working relationship. And he, I like the fact that he wanted to speak to me. He knows as well, I suppose, that you can communicate so much more than like back and forth in email, yeah. like for your whole life. But he went, listen, let's have a chat about this Wednesday at three or whatever. And exactly. then you're like, oh, okay. And you've got questions, he's got questions and you can actually bash through them. Do you know, that's funny that you're saying about his process as well, because the way he approached it reassured me that if he deals with me this way, he probably deals with his work this way. Similar to, I've been collaborating with quite a few photographers. For people who are not in the yoga industry, it's a very visual industry. So Instagram is very big because people like to see certain poses or what they call them postures. And therefore you can take your own photographs, which I used to do, but now I'm working with a few different photographers and essentially I, I mean, there's levels to every profession, but the latest person that I'm working with, they, as soon as I spoke to them, the minute I, they actually, again, they approached me, but the minute I spoke to them, they said, look, I'm going to meet you next week, let's say Wednesday. And I want you to have two changes of clothes ready to have pictures you've already, um, ideas you already have saved on your phone to show me to and make sure that you warm up before we meet to make sure that you haven't eaten too far. Like there was yeah, so detailed oh in the prep. Yeah. And I thought to myself, this is the first time I've seen someone take this much care. Yeah. Normally photographers are just like, yeah, I'll meet you on Tuesday. Hopefully it's not raining or something like this. Yeah. Yeah. And then, so then I did the photo shoot. And everyone turns up and goes, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so now, now what? what? Now what's what plan B? And then you've yeah. wasted hours. Um, so that was reassuring. And then when I met them, which is, which is only like two days ago, Sorry, yesterday we did the photo shoot. Today already, they oh, before I left them, sorry, Cal, I'm just talking about processes. Before I left them yesterday, I said, I would love to meet you and I'll see you again. Uh, and they said, listen, before you go, this is what's going to happen next. Tomorrow you'll get the photographs. Then you'll tell me which ones you like. Once you've told me which ones you like, within 24 hours, I'll have a turnaround with you. I'll send you the best ones. And, and they had it. They had a process, Man. you know? Yeah, yeah. And they I, weren't just like, okay, well, that bit's done. I'll figure that crap out later yeah. by and yeah, the thing is yeah. they might have had all it every photographer might have the same process but the fact was this person communicated with me yeah. and i said i went home to my girlfriend and i said well this is the this is my photographer i mean yeah. this is someone i want to work with again because they are they're they're a great communicator and that is so important because even if you got the pics back and they weren't exactly how you wanted because they're a good communicator, you'd actually be able to communicate with them <laughs> and actually explain why it's like it, it's the wrong sort of feeling or whatever it was. And they, presumably they'd listen as well. Have, did you get your pictures back? I've got them back today. And so these are the raw pictures raw that they pictures. wanted you to pick from. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
and even little things how you do anything is how you do everything uh, as i've had said once before so instead of them sending me a dropbox link or a uh, i think it's called a, a we transfer or a google drive link they sent me a link to their website where they have a, an actual private page specifically designed for photographers i think it's on squarespace where and it was really slick you know uh, the, yeah. the file came with kevin boyle and it had a picture of me on it and on the on the file <laughs> makes and, you feel important yeah exactly <laughs> but i thought okay this is real it's presentation yes you know? it's such a small detail but and then when i went on the website it was the chance to like sign up to the newsletter and i thought yeah why not i'll sign up to the newsletter but it was the whole the whole experience yeah. for that person yeah and um they didn't just send you yeah a dropbox like with dz9x74.jpg and there's like a billion exactly. of them. And then you have to look through them all and go, which one is, yeah. And, and you have yeah. to find all the file names. If this was actually a, a nicer experience, you're gonna have to tell me, maybe give us, well, you can give this person a shout if you want to, like, or you can yeah. tell me privately later. I, I they're, they're quite a shy person. Her, name, oh, her okay. name's Mandy. Maybe I can put the link yeah. in the show notes. Yeah, for sure. Mandy, yeah. Oh, Mandy. I'm just She's really great. Cool, cool. That's good to know. Mm -hmm. God, we didn't, we got straight into it. I have all these like notes and stuff and none of this was meant at all. I did talk a little bit about collaborations, but this is fascinating. And I also love uh, how you do anything is how you do everything. That's Mm -hmm. uh, that's one of those, because I have some good kind of quotey things from you and your podcast and your class and stuff written down here. So I'll have to write that (laughs) one down as well. I did want to go back to something that I heard you say on another episode of your podcast. Which is you were daddy a pool when you were a kid. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're going to tell me a little bit about that because I spent my whole childhood in arcades. So I immediately hmm. pricked up my ears when I heard that and I wanted to know more. So being deadly at pool, um, I, well, when I was young, I was, wasn't good at any sports. I, I didn't gravitate towards that because I was actually born deformed. I had a, I had a born with a concave chest. So it's called pectus pectus excavium i believe and one in 200 boys are born with it i think that one in 500 girls have it and essentially it's a your chest book is very concave when you're born i think it's because your floating ribs your cartilage doesn't grow properly and it used to compress my lungs and my heart was actually pushed to to one side so my cart i had no athletic ability when i was young and uh i I didn't, I have a sister who I really- Was this diagnosed or did you just think you were crap at sports? Like, I thought I was just crap at sports. Right, right, yeah, okay. Yeah. And then I realized later um, what the condition was. And so I have, a, I have a sister who I really love, but growing up, I always really liked other boys' company, you know, with the, being with the lads. And Rough housing. That, that, yeah, that type of thing. <laughs> but I never had a brother. Uh, I don't have a brother, never had a brother. Um, although my cousin, Eamon, I can give him a shout out, Eamon, <laughs> he's about- nine years older than me and um he we used to go to him and his parents house so my uncle and auntie for christmas and he had a a little pool table from argos and i remember him uh just giving me a go on it and and i used to really idolize it oh yeah because that nine years older that's that's just the right age yeah. so he seems unattainable exactly. and amazing and like an adult but not like a crap adult like parents yeah, no, <laughs> like a cool. really exciting <laughs> kind of quasi kid amazing adult oh, yeah. i love that yeah, yeah yeah so he was like oh come play pool or uh, so i was playing pool with him and i thought oh i, I don't have any athletic ability because he, he used to be really good at football and he was very good at all sports but i thought this doesn't involve, involve any cardio you're just using a stick and you know a table and a few balls and I realized that I was actually getting the hang of this and this is something I could be good at. So I asked my dad to buy me a snooker table and therefore the next Christmas I go up to Eamon's, I'd be a little bit better. Oh, nice. And that was it. Essentially, it was a case of wanting to impress my cousin. Uh, and I got really good at pool. And then when I was a teen, when I was a, probably like 14, maybe 15, I used to go into the um, the pubs and I play in the adult leagues <gasps> and like, uh, you know, they're like pub leagues and stuff. And uh, But I remember thinking a pub is somewhere where you can't go as a little boy. And it's almost like you're when you're 15 years old, you're not a boy, you're not a man. Yep. And you can't go into a pub because you can't drink, but you don't want to play anymore because mm. you want to be a man. And pool was my gateway to get into the pubs. 
Especially if you're kicking the arse at Elphalas as well. It's exactly. amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and, and also as well, I would see that I was very competitive and I liked the fact that I could uh, show off. Yeah. That, that's because I, I mean, I, I don't know if we all have that side, but I definitely do where when I was younger anyway, I like I like to show off and just to feel like I was good at something. And um, after I left, to be honest, after I left London, I left London when I was 17, 18. And... I got to Dublin and there was there's hardly any pool tables here. It's not really. I tell you, it was much bigger in the nineties. Like when I was there, uh, when I was growing up, um, that was like the. I remember I used to I used to have a friend and he was on the doll and he was like three years older than me, so I was like fifteen and he was like eighteen and we go to breaks in Drumcondra and play pool. But there was a lot of. It wasn't so much in the pub, Kevin. It was more there was places that had pool halls and were arcades. Mm. So you didn't actually have to be grown up to do it. You could go into the arcades and and play pool. Yeah. And there was heaps of them and heaps of them in town. There's Piero Club. But er, er, all the ones I'm thinking of now aren't there anymore. There was like a big one in Ranelagh at the Triangle in Ranelagh. The Triangle in Ranelagh isn't even there anymore. <laughs> but um, the, there was heaps of it in the 90s and it was deadly. And like playing pool, it was a totally legit like way to waste time mm. when you were like in a teenager in your early 20s. And I was in UCD and pool was huge in UCD. Well, pinball was huge as well. I was really into pinball. But people were super into pool yeah. as well, and uh, there was pool there was pool tables in like several locations in UCD. I well, don't know if this well, still is. The main reason, well, because I looked into this, uh, the main reason pool tables were taken away is because they cause a lot of fights, oh. and also people tend to come in, play pool, and not drink. Yeah. So this is they're the, not spending dough. They're not spending. Yeah. They're yeah. Not, yeah. yeah. So, um, so then I yeah that was that was my. But now I actually don't like playing pool because I'm I. I'm, you know, I, I think you're over it. I, no, it's almost like uh, I don't. I just, I, I, it's, it's not very satisfying to do something you used to be really good at, and now you're kind of average. Yes. <laughs> oh no, there's a pain. There's a pain <laughs> with that for sure. And then plus, now I'm like very physical, and and I'm, I'm into all kinds of like you know that um, movement, whatever it may, you know, whether it's climbing, yoga, I did martial arts as well. So now I feel like playing pool is almost. I'm not using my body and I it feels, I don't know, I just, I just don't enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, you say, okay, no, that, that's that's <laughs> that's fascinating. Because uh, I just heard you say it and I was like, oh, because I, I always really wanted to be good at pool, but I never put the work in. You see, you put the work in. This is almost like what this podcast is about. You put the work into pool, whereas I just wanted to be magically amazing at it. <laughs> and like, I did then play for a while. Uh, there was um, the Camden and Palace Street, or sorry, the, the Palace and Camden Street yeah. had it amazing pool hall in it upstairs and then goes there for a while then had an amazing pool hall downstairs it just opened up again now and i was excited that it's, it's just pool. opened up again yeah but what's no it, pool what's it, it going to be now is it it's still a the pub. Palace? it's just a big horrible pub it has the world the world's biggest telly it's the biggest telly in ireland really that's what it has that's it's like flagship thing okay uh, it's just right up from yoga hub you know it's, oh, i know it yeah, yeah, I, yeah i used to go there and play pool as well oh like, god right totally yeah, cause yeah. It was, but because it was good value, you pay, it was only like five quid for an hour or yeah. something like this. It was amazing. And I played there for quite a bit and I got kind of okay a few years mm. ago. And I was finally, my dream of being good at pool <laughs> was <laughs> almost materializing. But like I was bought, I bought a book about how to play pool and I'm really serious about mm. it. And I bothered my boyfriend, Brian, to like, come on, we have to go and play pool. We have to go and play pool. But he was effortlessly quite good at it. He's always been good at pool. And I was just like... I'd be shit and then I beat myself up. It's a whole emotional thing, a roller coaster, you know? That's why when you said it on your podcast, I kind of have to ask him. It's ridiculous, really. Yeah, no, I think um, when I was younger, I, I didn't study at all. I didn't do homework at all. And I, I, because I didn't know why I was doing the homework, I couldn't figure out. I didn't understand school, really. It didn't resonate with me. But I did know that if I went into my dad's shed and played pool instead... I could see the immediate benefits of that mm. that weekend. Yeah, So yeah. it was almost like everything I was trying on the pool table Monday to Friday in the evening after school when I should have been doing my homework, I could then translate that on the weekend and get that feedback straight away. Whereas with school, I would... Try that with algebra. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and also, like, I'm not saying I could tell... I didn't know what the future held, but when adults can't give you a rational reason for wanting to learn you're just not going to do it. Oh, and it's like, just cause. Just cause, exactly. Yeah. yeah, I think kids are a lot smarter than adults give credit for. For sure. And yeah, and just, I suppose, you you were just into it. And it, it probably, like, I know you already play pool now, but 
that me just get doing something being daddy at it and then having the adoring glances of all the other <laughs> lads above and your cousin Eamon. I'm, that, I'm sure that went to you. Oh, okay. This means you, you know, you can get good at something and mm-hmm. you can put the work in and you can put the effort in, which probably translated into loads of different things in your life. I think so. I mean, I, I think that you, I had recently said specialization is for ants. You know, you, you, you don't need to do just one thing in your life. And you saying that I played loads of pool when I was younger and I was very good at it. I used to say, what a waste, you know, mm. oh, what a waste. So I heard someone someone say a, a good pool, uh, was it a good pool player is a sign of a wasted childhood or something like that. But I used to feel that way, but that's a terrible way of thinking. I mean, every skill that you develop, I think can be applied to another field. And even if it's just something as basic as if you practice something and not enough, you'll get good at it. Yeah. And, uh, and if you know why you're doing it, so for my reason for pool was to, to show off, to impress my cousin. Um, but it's to ask yourself why before you do anything. I mean, it's the same with podcasting. When I started the podcast, I said it to a couple of people and I could tell that they were a bit confused as to why I was doing it. But I, I knew I had my reasons why. And when you hit, you hit so many roadblocks when you're doing podcasting, as you probably know yourself, that it's so easy to give up. And that's why it's, it's so important to establish at the start why are you doing this yes so why did you start the yoga life i'll let you just pour your tea <laughs> so it, it, it was there was some was there some were you were are you a big podcast fan was it simmering for a while like what's the deal yeah. well the main reason was joe rogan i mean yeah. joe rogan is people that know the joe rogan experience maybe it's the most listened to podcast in the world it must be up there and what I realized was I've made so many decisions in my life because of Joe Rogan. Never met the guy. Yeah. Uh, but it's almost like my mother and father um, are fantastic. But Joe Rogan is a bit like the kind of the uncle that you mm. wish you had. You know, the, the uncle who kind of gave you advice. And you can listen without needing to, feeling obliged to respond. Mm. And I have Joe Rogan. I've heard Joe Rogan say things that have completely changed decisions I've made in my life. And I realized how powerful podcasting was and that I was, it was really in helping me make better decisions. And then I thought to myself, well, I like, so the, the first reason was I wanted to actually do something that was creative where I could share my thoughts. But the, the second reason is you, you can't be secure if you just, depend on people paying you by the hour right. uh, and i go from studio to studio teaching class and i get x amount here x amount there but i realized that if i killed over tomorrow if i broke a leg or something happened and i couldn't work i would start off i mean i go on social security i suppose but i i thought this is a, an also and the studios would go on without you they would be exactly. grand like yeah, they just exactly. just lines of yoga teachers or maybe they yeah. just let me go they could decide to let me go and, and and also i realized with working with some other studios is um some studios their marketing is rubbish you know they 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 don't like i've had times where studios are promoted by workshops and my events and they've had typos in the descriptions or they've used the wrong picture and mm. i think this is reflecting badly on me so i want to tell my own story and i want a platform where i can um create my own little community yeah and now i'm at a stage where i mean i have sponsors people give donations which is really kind of them but essentially i i it's a revenue source right and not only is it an, an immediate revenue source, as in directly people send money to me via donations, which is really nice. But also when I do retreats, when I do workshops and the events, half the people that come, come because they listen to the podcast. So that I, I understand that I'm reaching people that are not on Instagram, are not on Facebook, maybe don't use... I'm not on Instagram or Facebook exactly. and I listen to your podcast. So yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. I listen to loads of podcasts, but I just, as a, I'm just not on either of those things. And plus yeah. as well. So, so there's a fact that one, I wanted to, to share more Two, I understand that it's, it's all me, it's mine and it's going to go on forever. I mean, 
that's evergreen content. Once you do an episode, in 10 years, the episode can still be listened to. So, um, but the, the third reason is, um, I forgot my third reason. <laughs> and my, my third reason for uh, doing the podcast was, um, yes, the medium itself, the long form content. On Instagram, when you're writing this little caption, for a start, so much, you were saying earlier, can get misunderstood through text. And when you can do long form, you can use tone, you can mm-hmm. use intonation, and you can get your point across uh, in, a, in a clearer way. But also, I, I know that on Instagram, people look at something once and it's gone. They never look at it again. Whereas things on YouTube or things on um, on iTunes, they're searchable. You can put them into Google and find them easily. Yeah, yeah. And then people can consume them in their own time. Whereas if you're doing instant media like Instagram, it comes and it goes. It's that it stays. Uh, the evergreen is a huge thing with it. It's just exactly. this is adding up for you for forever. Every hour you have of having lovely tats with people is another hour there forever of you having forever. lovely tats yeah. with people. And it's and it's you. I have. We have with the internet um, unlimited leverage for the first time ever in history. It's not like you do a piece of work once and you get paid once. No, you do it once and you will reap the rewards for that for lo- forever. Yeah, yeah. Uh, as long as you're alive, obviously. But and that's not that could be financial rewards again through donations or sponsors paying you, or it could be people come to your classes, your workshops, your events, and essentially getting to know you. And when I meet people, they they say, I feel like I know you. And my response is, you do. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I know I, I should, because I'm I'm like completely myself on the podcast. And um, I've had some people, um, very rarely, but I've had some like people attack me for saying certain things, but I'm, we're talking like 1%. Right. And I think it's, it's worth offending 1% of people uh, to be authentic yeah absolutely yeah. if you had to center everything you said so that one percent of people weren't fucked off well who needs it you know yeah. for and, sure and also as well that and i think that word authentic is is important because like when we say authentic i mean when you're on a podcast you are presenting so I, the way i'm speaking to you now I'll probably be speaking slightly different when we go and have sushi afterwards. Right. You have to be, I mean, it's as authentic as you can get when you know you're being recorded for the whole world potentially to listen to at any time for eternity, as long as the internet's around. That's So I'm being as authentic as I can in that context. Yeah. Um, but there's boundaries on everything anyway. Yeah, it's true. There's just another set of boundaries. It's true. <laughs> yeah. But, but no, but, but that's, yeah, we're always... If we were really authentic, who knows what horrible things would happen all day, every day. I kind of, that's society breaking out. That's the purge. <laughs> I can be exactly, yeah. fully authentic at all times. Yeah. Uh, but that's, uh, and that, but that's, there is, it, I, like, I remember I was um, listening to your podcast, walking down the road, and I didn't know anything about you. And I was just here, I, I just Googled yoga podcasts because I listened to all the Yogaland podcasts. And I was like, I've used them all up. And I was literally just went to yoga and then you came up and I was like, oh, daddy. And I was listening to it. And then only, and then someone introduced, I literally was into the studio and then someone introduced you to me. Yeah, it was super weird. I remember, yeah. and, I, and I was going, but I, and I didn't even know you were Irish because I didn't even know this podcast was Irish because you're English yeah. accent. <laughs> and I was completely confused. But I was also like, oh my God, it's that guy. This is amazing. Like, <laughs> and it was like, I was, you were talking in my ear and then you were sat in front of me and it was like, but I, it, there is, there's a total, oh, I know you. Cause yeah, you're right. Mm. People do know you. Yeah. You get to be you in a way that a picture just of you doing a lovely handstand isn't yeah. you. Yeah, and and even like I I see some people on Instagram, for example, showing her ass off and saying, uh, "Live every day like it's your last." I'm like, nah, this. I'm I'm unfollowing you. I'm sorry. This is can I swear? Oh God, please, yeah. like, please this swear. Is, I'm like, this is complete bollocks. You know what you're doing. Uh, I'm I, I I so I've made obviously a judgment on them, and even on Instagram stories. Oh, on YouTube as well, you'll see people that say like, turn on any YouTube channel and they'll go, what's up everybody, welcome to my channel, subscribe if you like this and leave a like, comment that. And it's like, it's real fast because they need to grab your attention yeah. really quickly. Because they know people are clicking that X, they're dying to click that fucking X. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. And, and the thing is, 
that is fine for grabbing attention, but no one really speaks like that. If someone came up to the street and spoke like that, you'd be you'd, you'd, you'd mace them, you know. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Totally. So, but with with podcasting, you can you have time to sit down, maybe listen to it in two or three sittings, listen to it in the car. It's not really in your face, and you can kind of listen to it in the background. Yeah, and that's what I I like about um, it's very. It's just passive in terms of how you can take it in. But like you talking about Joe Rogan there, I'm a big Tim Ferriss nut. Oh, me too. Oh, God. Love Tim Ferriss. And Tim Ferriss on Mark Maron. I'd never heard mm. Tim Ferriss. I'd never heard of Tim Ferriss, but I loved Mark Maron's podcast. And Tim Ferriss on Mark Maron changed my life. And um, <laughs> I used to be really fat. And uh, T- Tim Ferriss was talking about like measuring what you eat or like counting your calories or something. And a light went off in my head. Tim Ferriss has no idea how he's changed my life, but mm. he saved my life in billions of different ways. And I still love him. Mm. And, but this is like some people shouting on for two hours and I'm so excited to turn it on and listen to it. It's, it seems like I'd much rather listen to a podcast than watch a film at yeah. this exact time in my life. <laughs> Cause I feel like I'm actually seeing something real unfolding. I know real within the bounding box of what we're talking oh. about, but you are mm. actually listening to something real, you know? Mm. But, but also I think we're really craving I'm trying not to use the word authenticity, but <laughs> we're, 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 we're craving the like truth or, and I think that's why when we see, say like Instagram, which, which in fairness though to Instagram, it has, it's, it's the highlight reel. Yes, but it is a photography platform. So I actually think it's, it's, um, I disagree with people putting crappy photos up. I'm like, what, what are you doing? You know, use the medium for what it's designed for. At least for. make it you know aesthetically te- pleasing. Yeah, right. exactly. You know what, uh, how to use it when you write email, you know how to write an email. You, when you write a text, you use certain words. You know, if you don't use them, and when you use, uh, uh, you make a phone call, you use certain, you know, you use it. Every tool should be used a certain way. So Instagram, I understand there being beautiful pictures, but I think for, if you want to do something like podcasts, which a lot of people don't want to do, but if you do, I, th- I would highly recommend everyone starting a podcast, anyone, sorry, who wants, who feels like they have something to to talk about. And it could be anything. I mean, like who would think yoga is quite a niche subject, but you'll find, a, a, no matter what the subject is, you'll find people that are interested in it. Yeah. And enough, it's like Kevin Kelly talks about a 1000 True Facts. Oh God, I loved, I, I <laughs> actually recommended that essay to someone two days ago who'd never read it. And I was like, read it and read the updated one because the one from whatever, 2000 or something is the original one. And then he updated it a couple right. of years ago. And I'm like, it's the best bloody thing. And it's like a five minute read. And it's amazing. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. yeah but yeah, Kevin Kelly, 1002 fans. That's yeah. it. And, and you may think that if you see someone with a YouTube channel who has a thousand views, you probably laugh at that thinking it's not a lot. But how engaged are those thousand people? How much do they really care? You know, so for example, you have a thousand people listening to one episode of your podcast. Out of those thousands, how many are going to come to your class? Out of those 30, how many are going to come to your workshop? Out of those 10 that come to your workshop, how many go to your retreat? If five come to your retreat, that's a lot. You know, if you're getting 10 people at your retreat, that's half your numbers. So it's, I think what stops people a lot is they compare themselves to people like Joe Rogan in terms of the metrics. They think, well, I can't get a million subscribers and calling there for world, so what's the point? And that's, you know, I'm actually going to bring up something that you said in a class. I was at your class in Fibsburg a few weeks ago, and you said about expectation being the thief of joy. <laughs> and um, I thought that was very nice. The, what's, what's normally the thief of joy? There's a different one. Comparison. <laughs> Comparison. Also, joy thief, but expectation, <laughs> total fucking joy thief. And yeah. I came out and I wrote it in my book because I was like, totally and with this podcast i have no expectation if i have a nice time <laughs> with the person i'm talking to and i actually manage to publish it that's it i'm over the moon that's my expectation my expectation is minimal and it's just the minimum viable getting something out the door and if i've done that and i've made that promise to myself and i've honored that promise to myself i actually don't give a shit what happens after that yeah and, yeah. and uh, but like yeah I uh, older uh, me of a different time would have been if I can't get a million subscribers. What's why did, you know? Did you say MVP there? Minimum viable product. Yeah. 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 And the same applies to minimum MVA, minimal viable audience as well. Right. You know, how many people in the thousands? 
in the topic of a thousand true fans by Kevin Kelly, how many people do you need to listen or to be engaged with you for it to be, to support you? Cause let, let's, I never, I didn't think I'd ever get sponsors, but again, people, it happened. Um, a lot of times I approached them and I thought if I use this product already a lot and I like it and I, they're conscious of their impact on the environment and I think it's tastefully done. They've got a good website. I like the owner. Why not have a sponsor? I mean, if I listen to Joe Rogan, which I do a lot, uh, at the start, he has three minutes of, of sponsors. And sometimes I just skip them. Yeah. And sometimes I listen to them because he makes them quite funny. Yeah. So he'll, he won't do the typical read all the time. He'll say, he'll mix up a little bit and do a bit tongue in cheek. So you might miss something funny if you skip it. Exactly. For sure. And yeah. I think to myself, I don't mind listening. I mean... If I skip it too much, I might skip the intro at the, the first yeah. part of the interview. Yeah, and then you have to rewind, and then you have to rewind the thing and keep rewinding and fast forward. And no, it's, so it's no. not worth it. Yeah, sometimes. Especially when you're driving. Oh, Shouldn't sure, sure. <laughs> right. Not I don't drive, so I'm like, drive. we already talked about how I can't drive, which is yeah. bananas. But yeah, I can't drive. <laughs> I do listen to podcasts when I'm running, and mm. you can't fast, you can't really fast forward when you're running. So you have to be really judicious with this. Um, yeah. And you, yeah, you're not hitting fast forward and wind. So I always listen to the ads when I'm running, and mm. I'm going, ah, sure. Fair play to them for um, letting me get this. I will pay. I pay for a few podcasts that I listen to. I pay for Mark Maron and I pay for um, Super Context. I love Super Context. Mm. I don't pay for yours. I should probably do it. Do you have a Patreon? No, I, no, I don't have Patreon. I have. Am I, I saying it wrong? Patreon. No, so, yeah, it yeah. might be Patreon too. I, I have Donor Box because donor with box. Patreon, I chose not to go with them. Do you, you know about the controversy? of No. Okay. I don't read the news. Uh, you don't know this about me, but I actually don't read any news whatsoever. And I haven't opened a newspaper or watched the television news or looked at the internet news or anything in six years. So I actually don't know anything that happens in the world, which is weird. I don't think I've said that on the podcast before, but I have my own way of looking at the world and it does not involve media in any shape or form, which I know has its own problems and its own drawbacks. And I'm aware of how fucking weird that is. But I chose to live my life a certain way and I'm going, am I going to cut this out later? I chose, I made a choice and to see if I had any impact on my life. And it turns out it didn't really accept for positive. So I actually don't know about any controversies of okay. anything. Well, I, 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 no, I would agree with you. I think that's, I mean, Max Strom in his book, A Life Worth Breathing, he says that I don't if know something what a great name, Max, Max Strom. No, I'm uh, Strom, S T R O M. Still yeah, kind of cool. Still a good, cool name. And he has a voice like God. Is, yeah. <laughs> he's been in my podcast before. Okay, I haven't heard that one. And, I'm going to listen he's, to his voice is he's like, hello, Kevin. You know, it's, it's like God is speaking to you directly. But Max says, he, he does the same. I think he like, says he reads the news like once a week because if something is important enough, you'll find out about it. Yeah, so someone will tell you or something. Exactly. Yeah. I, I'm really good at steering the conversation away from the news because, like, my dad will start fucking shouting on about something and I just ask him about his life mm. and he immediately stops. So all I do is talk to people about their lives and they'll mm. never want to talk about the news again. When you actually <laughs> go to someone, how are you? And it's not an invitation for someone to go, I'm grand. You're actually going, how are you? Yeah. You'll never have to suffer listening to even one single <laughs> word about Donald Trump. It's amazing. And I, yeah, it's highly, I highly recommend. But sorry, I don't know the controversy oh. of uh, of Patreon. So with Patreon, there was a patron on their on their page who had who's making thousands per month on, on from his Patreons. And um he was on a web webinar, like a Skype call interview with someone else as in they were interviewing him and he was referencing uh, something and he used the n-word okay okay and he didn't say the n-word he said the actual six-letter word and he said that and then he got taken uh, I, I might be missing this a bit in between but he got taken off patreon because they said due to our instead of calling calling it their you know censorship department they'll call it their safe and trusty department censorship department sends with 1984 yeah, so they yeah, want to do all this they, say, they call it yeah, their, their trust uh, their safety and trust department they decided to take him off and then jordan peterson who is quite a controversial uh, figure he said that he was going to come off patreon as a you know to, to Solidarity. Solidarity, exactly. As was, I think, Sam Harris. I believe it was Sam. Oh, I like Sam Harris. Sam Harris. Yeah. So I, I looked into this and essentially Patreon were being 
they were being cowards in my opinion. They were, they was, if he had said it on their platform, that's slightly different, but this is not theirs. Not on their plat- and yeah, I, yeah. I think that is outrageous. Yes. Yeah. So I thought, I don't want to support Patreon and by being on there, I, I, though I almost have my page out, I don't want to support Patreon if they can do this because I don't, that, that whole censorship thing scares me a little bit. Totally. I mean, I yeah. like podcasting because it's not censored. Exactly. If you actually had to, no one's going to be sitting around saying the N-word now on my podcast. But if you, it's important that you feel like you're not just getting this whitewashed version of everything. Everything that comes out of everyone's mouth is just like not authentic. And I know we're using the authentic word again. But then you just, you just quickly lose interest and onto something else that the world would present that was more direct and real. I mean, it's like if, if any football fans out there that are also in their late 30s, um, although I wasn't very good at football when I was young, I used to love watching it. Like I used to love Ian Wright, who was the star player for Arsenal back in the 90s. And Ian Wright, people loved him because he was, in interviews, he'd really be himself and have a bit of a laugh. And, you know, he wasn't afraid. Some to... footballers are very dry. In sports, a lot of sports are so dry. dry. Especially yes. the modern uh, athletes there. You get told what to say and what not to say. But everyone loved him. And I, I thought, he's got it. He has that factor that, now we already crave when we when we, we can smell the shit off someone when they as soon as they open their mouth and um yeah that's i think again i think podcasting is great for that and i actually think this is what i was saying to you earlier um i'm going to introduce video in my podcast now and have like a um so i'm recording the podcast anyway as you're doing but i'm gonna have a couple of cameras set up and do video because i think video is a much more powerful medium than audio I mean, I mean, they have strengths and weaknesses, but... And will you have to notably change your current setup in order to video it? I've never watched the podcast. I know they do. Really? No, I've never... Because uh, does Joe Rogan... I do listen to Joe Rogan sometimes, yeah. but he videos his, does he? Yeah, I, I like watching them because I like to see the person who's speaking, but even more so, I like to see the, the person listen their reactions. Okay. Because there's so much can get lost when you can't see what someone is physically doing. And and also as well, it makes me feel more in the room when I can see the person. Although I'll have it on my laptop in the background, I'll have the Joe Rogan podcast on YouTube, but I'm just be occasionally glancing at it. You know? Right, right. Especially if something is funny and it might be a physical thing that's funny. So I know I, sometimes you don't get, yeah, you don't get the joke because sometimes in Richard Harry's podcast as well, I know he videos that one, but again, I've never watched it because I where I listen to them, it's not in a watchy, like I listen to when I'm running or I listen to them in yeah, bed, you, you know. But but also with the video, it's so good for promotion. You can say I did a, a podcast last week with Patrick Beach and, and the and the Down with Doug, and I Patrick said to me, as soon as the if people don't know, Patrick Beach is like a kind of a, a bit of a yoga superstar. Mm. You know, he's like the Brad Pitt of yoga, you could say, if in terms of acting, if we compare it to Hollywood. And so after we turned the recorder, the microphones off, he said to me, Kevin, you need to be videoing these. Oh. He said, because doing just audio, he, his actual words were, it's a waste. Okay. <laughs> I, I was like, ouch. You know? <laughs> but I don't, I don't I'd agree with him. That it's That's not strictly think, true, think, but it's a he, dimension you're, you could be capturing. Yeah, he yeah. was exaggerating for, to, to make a point, which yeah. is fair enough. Clearly worked. It clearly worked because I do feel that I could take, say, four or five clips from that one podcast, little video clips, and I could once every three months post one up on Instagram to be like, oh, check out this podcast you might have, this episode you might have missed six months ago. You know, with because when you see sharing little minute-long video clips is powerful. And you see them on YouTube as well. They do little three-minute clips of, of an hour-long podcast. But no one's going to listen to a, 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 a clip of an, aud- an audio clip, like a one-minute audio clip. They're not going to do that. Yeah, uh, there's a podcast that I like and he does that at the start. He, it's like he puts a little clip of later on in the podcast, right, sorry, podcast. And I always fast forward it because it's just, it's kind of contextless and it doesn't really help no, anything. No, exactly. But video is different. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Okay, that's interesting. <laughs> I have so much to learn. Oh, Christ, I'm all over the place. Um, now, I was thinking, uh, I have, I, this, I always like to ask people about this. And honestly, this is really flying by because I'm having loads of fun. But have you did you have any big problems getting your podcasts like out the door at the start or, or near the start like something where you nearly went fuck all this <laughs> you know was there was there anything or or did you just 
sort of fumble along and sort of find your way? Or was there any moments where you kind of went, I hate this and I want to throw my computer out the window? This sounds really daft, but people who are not very technical will understand this, maybe. When you're trying to get your RSS feed verified with iTunes, so trying to get everything, because you can publish a podcast, but it doesn't have to be on iTunes. But my my priority was, I'm not going to release my first episode until I have X, Y, and Z lined up. And and therefore, every week I can publish it on the same day, same time, without fail. I'm doing the same thing. Yeah. But and, yeah, so, yeah. and I was like, it has to be on iTunes, it has to be on Spotify, has to be available on YouTube, even though it's just a... It's not a video. And I wanted all three of them, three of them as a minimum. So I wasn't going to start until I could get it on iTunes. So the main roadblock that I, fa- that I faced, it sounds very minor, but I couldn't figure out how to get the cover art up for iTunes. It, was, it wasn't the right dimensions. Okay. And that sounds so easy, but I, I just couldn't figure it out. And also I didn't know what an RSS feed was. Right, right. So even having to Google that. So it was a, a load of little blocks, really, from a technical point of view. The other block, but the main, the main block I had was the one of being self-conscious about thinking once I hit, hit submit, this isn't mine anymore. People can listen to yeah. it anytime. And People can judge me. Exactly. So when I did my first episode, the intro, which was episode zero, I tried to be really slick and I was like, hey, welcome. You know, I'm, I'm trying to be, I listen back to- put on your BBC exactly. voice. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit slick, but- I played it a bit safe at the start, but that's okay. The most important thing is I started, yeah. you know, and, um, and I only, I've only missed ever one week of doing sort of like 70 podcast episodes. Now I missed one week. It was basically a week late. So I, yeah. So I'm, I'm very happy with that. that. And that's, and that's why I wanted to talk to you. It is the, the consistency, uh, quite getting something consistent of good quality consistently out the door because that really helps build an audience and makes people listen to you and makes people listen to you. But I mean, it's like your guns their head, but it's like, it's like people go, Oh, he has a new thing on the Tuesday or whatever day it is. Like there's a real Thursday, right? Thursday. 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 There's a real, um, like you almost to integrate yourself into people's lives when yep. you're there for Thursday. It's like watching top of pops or whatever when yeah. you were a kid. It's there's a real there's a solidity to that, which actually probably really helps as well if you're uh, even doing stuff in yoga studios and working for other people. It's like, well, that guy can show up on time. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it, it it helps because you are essentially making a promise that you are going to deliver this thing every. At this certain time, certain certain day, certain time of the week, and I realised that I could, if I didn't do that, I'm, I mean, yeah, like I said, it becomes part of people's lives as well, but also it gives me a bit of accountability. Oh, totally. Because I don't have a boss, so mm-hmm. I need to be my own, be my own boss and be kind of strict with myself. And I know, I knew as well that when I record a podcast, if I wasn't happy with it, I could re-record it and maybe put it out on the Friday. But I thought no. I'm going to do it. And if it's not, if it, whatever's ready by Thursday is going out. Yeah. Um, and therefore you just build momentum then. Mm. And I, I feel the same with teaching class as well. It's like authenticity is important with teaching class, but consistency is most important. Can people rely on you to do whatever you promise to do? So with teaching a class, for example, you've promised that you're going to always um, be in good form. So mm. no matter if you're feeling shit, you're going to be in good form. No matter, like you're going to basically uh, perform because that's what people have paid. They yeah. want to see you uh, knock it out and, and basically lead the class. And with the podcast, it's slightly different because you're not being consistent on your personality because some days, you know, you're just going to talk however you feel, but you are consistent with your frequency of delivery. Yeah. And um, otherwise, you don't know when to be checking iTunes. Yeah, I totally. Think I can be asked just on the off chance checking every now and then to see if they're uploaded. Because it feels like they're not bothered as well. If That's they're just it. uploading whenever they have a chance. Like, nah. No, the, all the podcasts that are really important to me and probably important to you are the ones that come out on a schedule and you can eat your dinner off them. Yeah, I mean, as well, we, we have too People now, we have too many options that we don't need to... This is why I don't think the luminary concept is going to pay off. Joe Luminary, um, Russell Brand, who I really love his podcast. Oh, I like Russell Brand. Yeah, but he has now gone to a platform called Luminary. And it's essentially the Netflix of podcasting where you play a subscription every month. 
but I don't, I think people have too much choice and I'm not going to pay a subscription for a podcast that I used to get for free. I'm just, uh, uh, no, sorry. I'd pay directly to the podcast, yeah, but I wouldn't pay, pay to platform. a platform. No. Um, What's supposed to be the advantage of that? That there's no adverts or less adverts. Okay. I'd rather listen to adverts or skip them. Me too. And it, I, I like the absolute, I like the DIY-ness of podcasts. Mm. Like if it's punk. Like, like I love that. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know what this Loomery thing is, but it doesn't sound very punk. No, it's, <laughs> it, it's only like... It's, it's only for select podcasters, so it's like you have a big audience because they want to get... Yeah, that's bullshit. That that doesn't have legs. That's against the spirit of... This is me going, that's so. terrible. It's against the spirit of uh, of the, the DIY kind of ethos of yeah. if you can... Sure, I, I know, I, they say like, oh, you can record podcasts on your phone. I wouldn't like to risk it myself. You want some sort of production yeah, value, I a agree. little bit, you know? I'm not going to listen to a podcast on the phone or on... Um, Skype. I used to. Skype but ones, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of over I that now. I got ones on Skype and I said never again. Yeah, yeah. So I don't think I'd like that. I, I haven't done that myself. I've only, I've only like had the chat proper, the chats with people. But I know when you listen to a podcast and like one person's not on Skype and the other person is, and it's just there's this, this, this detachment. Yeah. And you're kind of like, I'm not really feeling what I should be feeling from a podcast. I'll probably listen to something else because there's literally a billion podcasts to listen to. I can listen to something else for exactly, sure. Exactly. Right, right. Um, but that's fascinating. I didn't know about that. So has he moved this luminary oak now? Mm. I haven't listened to his podcast in a while. But that's the other thing. You kind of, you float in and out of podcasts, yeah. don't I, you? I love, I like, I really do love Russell Brown, but I don't like where he's gone at the moment, What how he's, his manner now. Like he's constantly flogging luminary, like, Come and He's got see. a stake in it, probably. Is he? I'm, I'm not sure, but I, I, you like, probably find out he does. I know he's got a lot. And yes, we all want money, but it kind of I find it a bit crass, a bit distasteful when he's constantly like, "Come on to Luminary and, and check me out," and it's X amount per month, and it does get a little bit old. I mean, he's he's repositioned himself now, where he's kind of um, like almost like a kind of Eckhart Tolle, Eckhart Tolle, that's different ways. Um, figure where he's talking about relationship advice when well, I like that and I do like him but um, I don't know I could be eating my words but I think Netflix is different because we've always been used to going to the cinema and paying for the cinema so Netflix is like having the cinema at home yeah. whereas at podcasting it's always been free and therefore paying for it should feel like um, an option not compulsory someone's got to got give a damn good reason for for mm. for that and i'm you know i'm not i'm not really here but i have to find out more about it and russell brand russell brand i think he's lovely and i also think he's a total bell end <laughs> like both of those things can be true and like yeah yeah he swings around and he does whatever and he i think sometimes he believes his own self-importance and then he'll also like laugh at himself at other times mm. he's a He's an, an embodiment of the kind of ridiculousness of the human spirit, but also the wisdom of it too. Yeah, I, and God love him. Do you see yourself in him, even though he's, oh yeah, you know, even though he's like he's a force of nature, and he's definitely an important figure, I think. And uh, he's um, he's done some brilliant things. But he's also a bit of a bad, which is grand. Okay, I. I had a couple more things maybe to ask you. I know it's it's no, pushing on. We're like we're, cl- we're getting closer to an hour here, but have. Do you find, because you're a yoga teacher and a podcaster, does that get a little bit lonely? Like, do you spend a lot of time, like, just doing stuff by yourself? Are you like that? Or, I don't know, I was just thinking about, mm-hmm. uh, I was thinking about it. And um, I know yoga teachers, you're really your own, you're your own person being a mm-hmm. yoga teacher. And you have that accountability for yourself, but you really are just like, it's you, isn't it? And I know you have colleagues who are yoga teachers, but it's not quite the same. And I know, I mean, being a podcaster, you get to talk to people all the time and then they leave and then you have to like do all the stuff that happens afterwards. And then another person comes along the next week. So I don't know, you, you probably very much enjoy maybe your own company. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but. but well, yeah. well, so regardless of the profession, I mean, the, I have found the older I get, the lonelier I get. That is, seems to be, common for most people when i was really young i was wasn't because i wasn't good at so i wasn't good at athletics i wasn't good at school as in i didn't study at all and i uh, you know i wasn't like a stud who or I didn't smoke and you know i wasn't like particularly cool mm-hmm. but what i was good at is i was people like me i could t- 
socialize with different types of people you know i chat to the the jocks or the nerds and yeah. i just like interesting people so when i was growing up i did have a lot of mates and we had a, a gang of us that would always go on holiday every year together and we st- I still can make some now but ultimately when you hit your 20s you go to university perhaps or you join the workforce and then you got your office mates you go out with them and then they get a girlfriend boyfriend they get married, they have kids. And now I'm almost 38. So I'm at the stage where everyone I know is married and has kids. So I do spend a lot of time away. And I've learned to, and I have had periods where I felt lonely, but I've learned to essentially talk to myself in my head. And I have got, I've got used to it a little yeah. bit. I yeah. have. And it's like, if I look at my old man, he is, he doesn't have any friends. He doesn't, he doesn't have one friend. Right, right. Um, re- neither does my mum, really, to be honest. Even though my mum is really sociable. And a lot of men are like that. I think women are, are better at keeping emotional relationships, whereas men don't, especially of that generation, my dad's right. generation. For me, I used to love doing jujitsu and martial arts because I liked that, that um, interaction with other lads, you know, and the banter and that type of thing. And I used to play football, but now I don't do either of those anymore. And I just do yoga and pretty much my own thing. Yeah, I suppose there is periods where, to be honest, Caroline, I, lately I haven't felt lonely at all because I've got a girlfriend, you know, everything's going really well there. And I, I mean, it, I, I think it's worth it. I think, actually think it's worth it to be, I've, I'd rather my situation now than I was working in an office acting the maggot and, you know... Fucking banter. Bantering yeah, around, yeah. chatting shit, because essentially I wanted to distract myself from the fact that I was just... Didn't know what I was doing and was waiting to get fired. Right, right. And, uh, or waiting for fucking five o'clock to roll around. Exactly. You know, so Which you can butt, butt off and do something else. Yeah. Exactly. So um, I think it's important to develop the skill of being good with your own company, because I used to hate that. And I think that makes you weak yeah if you always need to be around people um it's like it's kind of a crutch that uh, like being around people and always needing people perhaps can be perceived as a little so. crutch. whereas if you can go no this is me like and, and i'm doing this and i'm putting out podcasts and i'm mm-hmm. hustling for my yoga and i'm doing this that and the other mm-hmm. and i don't really need someone else's permission i don't really quite need people's help you, you know mm-hmm. it, it can be a bit I can be a bit needy, <laughs> you know? So uh, it, it's good. Like even my podcast, uh, my partner Brian was helping me with the audio part of it. And I was like, oh, Brian, would you help me do that stuff? Because I can't do that stuff. That stuff's really yeah. hard, you know? And there's a little bit of that. It's like, oh, he'll take care of that aspect of it for me. But I'm trying to become more autonomous. Yeah. Because that's where you find the strength. That's where you find the strength to put something decent out every week. Is because you're not relying on somebody else who might flake out in you yeah. or... Or they're the key holder of some knowledge or skills that you don't have. You don't have all the pieces. They have yeah. some of the pieces. <laughs> yeah. But that's not like that. It's It lives or dies. And but we, but we're, we're so lucky now that we have the internet where we can find out anything via Google. Or you can even use YouTube to see tutorials on things. And yes, it is a little bit painstaking. And, and absolutely, there's no, there's no substitute for human interaction. But at the same time, life is about sacrifice, not compromise. Yeah. Is that another one of your quotes? <laughs> I'm no, going to write that. I, no, I had, I had a friend, a friend said to me about 15 years ago and it stuck with me. I thought, yeah, you have to sacrifice some things in order to, to grow. Yeah. And if, if all we did was things that were nice, you just sit around like watching fucking telly all day or whatever, exactly. and never challenging. And we all know people who do that. Yeah. And it's not like they're having a brilliant time right. sitting around watching telly all day. They're fucking miserable in yeah. a lot of cases. And when you actually have to do something that's, actually challenging go oh fuck i have to do this thing man you know makes you feel good but what you put in it's similar to like your uh your diet with your food what you what you you put information diet on is really important so when i listen to joe rogan for example or tim ferris those words are in my head those sentences are in my head so when i wake up in the morning i'm i have this echoing in my head and i mm. talk i think of this way i think of myself this way like he'll say be the hero in your own movie. Imagine you have a documentary crew following you around. What would you do? Would they want to see you sit on the couch feeling sorry for yourself, or would you want to be doing something? So often I'll say to myself, "Come on, Kevin, just fucking do it. Like yeah. just stand up and, and, or maybe just start with like doing the dishes first, and then you do the dishes. Next thing you know, you're 
did this, then that, then you're doing what you should be doing, which was that email you weren't going to send. So yeah, creating momentum. Do the dishes, and you might end up with a hit podcast. Is that what you're telling? <laughs> Exactly. This is the logical line to just draw there. Um, I'm. Is there anything else? Oh, I. I just wanted to to say to you. I really liked the episode of your podcast where you talked about um what to do after your 200 hour yoga teacher training. And just for anyone who doesn't know, that's like the the first step of becoming a yoga teacher is doing this what they call the 200 hour yoga teacher training that you can do over like a year of weekends during the course of a year, or maybe you can do a compressed version in like a month, but it's like the fun, it's a foundational element of becoming a yoga teacher. And you did a nice episode about what you do after that, because a lot of people like 30 people and so forth do these at a time in somewhere like yoga hub on chemistry or yoga hub in um, Castleknock, where you're, you're teaching on the yoga teacher training at the moment. So you're training the yoga teachers of tomorrow. There's a lot of teas in that, but um, you ha- did an episode where you weren't in- interviewing anybody. You were just talking. Oh my god, it was brilliant, and there was so much stuff in it that, like, because I just did the OT training, but there was just generally very nice wisdomy things. Um, uh, and I-, I like this thing about because I did this the other day, and it- I shouldn't do this, but in someone, I, I was telling someone I was. A yoga teacher, except I didn't. I went, I'm kind of a yoga teacher. I sort of did the thing. And then I'm kind of teaching my mates. And I just immediately like downplayed everything. But you you said, go, I am a yoga teacher. Like, and you don't have to be a yoga teacher for that to apply to you. But whatever it is, you know, if you play guitar, you're not, oh, I'm a bit shit, but I'm kind of like learning a few. It's like I play guitar. It, yeah, you, exactly. If you don't own it, how on earth can you expect anybody yeah. else to give a crap? It's with? like at a dinner party when someone um, will say, oh, I'm kind of in sales. Mm. And I think, I don't really want to speak to you. I Because mean, you, it's weak you, you don't even thin. You don't like what you're doing most of your life. Uh, you don't. Like whatever you're doing, as you said, own it. Like don't without being pretentious, saying to say like, you know, I'm a communication consultant, whatever. Say say what you do, but say it with conviction and and a bit of humility. Mm. That's that's all. Uh, uh, but yeah, when people say, as you said, I'm they downplay themselves. You're you're not serving yourself. It's almost like you don't want them to have very high expectation of you so you don't have to then live up to that high expectation. Again, expectation being the fucking thief of joy. There's one other nice, oh, there's two other nice things said. Oh, but I love that episode because you were just oh, talking you. and you didn't, you weren't interviewing someone, you were just uh, having your wisdom. I'm surprised now you're 38 because I thought, it's funny with, with especially with yoga teachers, actually with yoga teachers, I meet a lot of yoga teachers who look younger but they sound older. It's like they're really, the things they say, they're really wise. So you kind of think, oh, that guy's probably old, but he also looks really young. How can someone look at 24, but sound what they say is like they're 60? I actually am old. <laughs> You're actually an old fucker. No, uh, I'm, uh, but I thought that you were younger because you looked younger, but you were very wise. But I meet that a lot in the yoga world. I just basically can't tell how old anybody is. Everybody is between 20 and 60 and I'm damned if I know how old anybody Sometimes is. as well though we are just doing that wisdom these quotes of other people that sound cool. <laughs> ah but you robbing but it but living it. You know that's it's fine to rob it. We all mimic things we like so that's human I think, nature. I think that that's completely totally fine. Yeah. I'm gonna ask you one more thing. Um are you, do you want, do you have a, I'm, I don't know, I kind of know the answer to this, but do you have a particular place you want your podcast to go or grow or anything? Or are you just fucking happy tipping away and have, making a brilliant thing? Well, what, what I really love now is I've done two live episodes and. I was at both of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I've done, so I've done three then. I've done. Three. Oh no, I wasn't at the last the one. one. Sorry, I missed that one. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. Okay. But, um, so I've done three and also. So, okay. So in terms of growth, the next thing is video. Oh yeah. Like, Introduce video, which I'm really excited about. And then after that, it's to do more live events and obviously video them as well, because again, you've got an audience and they're, they're laughing. And reacting. Happens or yeah. they, you can, in, and you can interact with them as well, which I don't do enough of. I need to interact more with the audience. Uh, anyway, I'm going to do more of that. So the, doing the live events and also collaborating. So I had, uh, Normally it's just two of us, so it's a me and the guest. But last time I had a co-host, just the guest co-host, and just being a bit more fluid with it. Mm. Like sometimes maybe having five people there, yeah. or, or doing a thing where uh, not having a strict format that you always stick to, 
and um that that would that would be the main thing also as well i I've, i'm looking next summer to do uh yogis yogis in cars getting coffee Oh, okay. Like comedians in cars getting coffee. That I know you don't watch TV, but that's TV. Show. Oh no, that's on Netflix. That's on I, Netflix. I don't not watch TV. I just don't consume news. News. Okay. I, I'm. I watch Netflix. I watch films. I list podcasts. I read books. Like I'm not crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I just don't. Um. I post on Twitter, but I don't read it. Okay. And I'm on, and I'm not on anything else. So it's not. I, I'm not completely cut off. I'm not like Travis Bickle or something. I'm a normal person. I just don't read news. I just don't trust news media which i think is, is wise um so yeah yogis in cars getting coffee i like what i've noticed the dynamic when you're in a car with someone is completely different when you're sitting Ooh, on the office. shoulder to shoulder thing. shoulder to shoulder also there's something about movement or traveling where it helps to relax you a bit more and your shoulder to shoulder as you said but also you have things going on around you that you can reference and talk yeah. about and i i think it's quite interesting to look at two people in a car sometimes as opposed to more of a formal environment with a, like a barrier in between you. This is what I have the exact same setup you have here. I have that in my podcast studio. And it's not one is better than the other, but it's just and changes the dynamic. Yeah, make all, for a different type of yeah. conversation. I'm going to do that as like a little mini series. I think maybe like six episodes. Probably won't be coffee. It'd be like fucking green tea or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like the young son drink coffee. I know one... Yoga studio in town that you won't you won't even let you bring a coffee into the place. Well, there's a, a new studio just opened. I don't think they do coffee, but they do like elixirs. You know what that oh, is? Oh, space between. Yeah, I went up and had a look at it the other day. I believe they don't do coffee. I was there today and they gave me a mushroom elixir. I, I work there. I'm teach there. So. Oh yeah, yeah. So uh, mushroom elixir, like Tim Ferriss shouts on about mushroom juice that prob- time. Probably. It was, yeah. It was delicious and it gave me a lot of energy. So. Ooh. It works. Okay. So Brilliant. Could be a good coffee substitute. Great. Even though I drank three coffees today as well, so. Okay. Because you looked horrified when I offered you a coffee and I was... I just did this after 6pm, Yeah, no, 6pm, that's the cut-off, man. crazy. Um, okay. I think we've been talking for a really long time. I feel like I've talked to you forever, but we'll continue this conversation over sushi. But really, Kevin, I thank you so much for coming down today. I just had a brilliant time and I learned so much. It was lovely. Thank you so much. Thank you, Caroline.